Hi, I'm Lori, and I want to welcome you to the Awakening Moments podcast. And I'm Rhonda. Lori and I are pastors here in Ottawa, Canada, and we're both wives, moms, and most importantly, daughters and servants of God. And it's our hope and prayer that you would have awakening moments with us as we wrestle through the hard things in life. Lori and I love that we can share our lives with you, so grab your tea or coffee and let's awaken our hearts together. Hello, Laura. How are you? I'm good. Yes. It's a podcast day. Good chat, day. Chat, chat, I know. I feel like we have so much. We, <laughs> I feel like we're bursting a bit today, eh? Yeah, we've already talked for about a half an hour. We just turned on the mic. Why didn't we turn it on when we first got here? I know, here? and I feel like we've, we have could, we could go in 10 different directions <laughs> today. Like We have so many things that are just overflowing out of our hearts today which it, is so it's so exciting good. if only they so could good. see in front of us too all of our books and our notes and our bible everything <laughs> ready to pull from any yeah. any topic that yeah. was kind of bursting yeah. out of us so but we're in kind of a intense intense series even on yeah. our on our sundays eh? talking uh, last sunday was talking about offenses bit of intensity there it was well, it is an intense series right? and every and single challenging cha- very challenging that's exactly what I was going to say every single message I feel like it's going right to my heart mm-hmm. and challenging things about me yeah like deep in my heart and spirit so if you haven't watched it it honestly jump onto lifecenter.org yeah and watch the more like Jesus series it is amazing yeah your husband Jay has been just Jason has been unpacking it mm-hmm. brilliantly. Some really tough topics too, <laughs> like really tough. Like even yeah. as I'm sitting there listening to him, I'm like I, I'm amazed at how he's unpacking it with such grace, but truth, and he's bringing the compassion, but the conviction too. It's the beautiful tensions are working, and it's he's just beautifully unpacking how to really lean into some of these really tough conversations and especially right now in when you just look at the landscape of culture these are hot button topics and almost topics you'd want to shy away from because they're so explosive and there's so much emotion behind what's being shared and so for him to lean in on Sundays I think is extremely courageous so just really amazed. So if you haven't watched, it's worth it, especially these past couple of weeks. Like it's just yeah. been amazing as each week is building. You could just sense yeah. the building of what God is trying to do deep in us. It's not about out, outside. It's about what God's doing inside of us. It's so true. Yeah. It's so true. I always loved and have never, ever, ever forgot John Bevere's famous line, his book, Bait of Satan. Oh. The bait of Satan is an offense as being offended. Offense is the bait of Satan in our life. And, you know, it, I, I've never forgot that years and years. I mean, that book, I don't even know how old it is and how many years ago I read it. But but it's so true. It's so true that it is. Us being offended one with another, us, um, you know, hurting one, uh, each other, us, you know, having unmet expectations, all of those things. Expectation, he says, is the breeding ground for an offense and offense is the bait of Satan. Mm. And you can feel it like you can feel it when you're in an offense or when you're struggling in a relational issue, you can feel it almost as though it is bait. And you want to grab onto the bait. Like you you just, there's something inside our nature that wants that bait because in that space we feel 
justified. Mm -hmm. We feel like, you know, no one's going to treat me like that. Or we feel, or whatever it is in whatever sort of fleshly reaction that we have, we just feel like, oh, I've got to, like, it's, it's, it almost is like that, right? Like a fish with bait. I want it. I want it. I want you just, and it's like a wrestle. It's Mm -hmm. such a wrestle not to take the bait. It is. And we each have a bait. We each have baits. And sometimes they're alike, but Satan watches. There's a vulnerability. There's sin in all of us, but there's things that we're drawn to, whether it's gossip, lying, cheating, whatever it may be. It's yep. it's all there. Fear, running, avoidance. Exactly. Yep. Anger, whatever it may be. Yep. And so we just take the bait and we grab hold and we Resentment, run. bitterness. Yeah. Ooh, that's yeah. A- I know, and it's oh, it's exactly what even your Jason was saying that scripture that the enemy doesn't just come to rob, but to steal and destroy. And the bait is not just meant to rob you; it's meant to pull you in for the next time, to go further and further till you get to being stolen from, and destroyed, like robbed, stolen, and destroyed. Like everything, everything good in your life is gone, depleted. That's the goal. That's the goal. Yeah, it's not a fair game. It's not a fair game. It's meant to destroy you. The game no, is meant to destroy. Outright annihilation. Complete Absolutely. and outright annihilation. That's that's the goal of the enemy. Like he wants ultimately to separate you from your relationship with God, to steal everything that's good and life-giving about who you are. And he uses offenses as primary ground for this work mm-hmm. that he does in our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, as we've been talking about this series, I've just been thinking through a moment I had about three and a half years ago when I was coming back into ministry full-time and I had left for a season and I was coming back full-time and I sat with this lady and I could probably, see, her name is Gloria and I actually have called her since to tell her how much this word meant to me. But she sat with me and she met with me at a Tim Hortons and I remember her reaching out saying, I'd love to talk with you. And, you know, once again, in my mind, I think I always go to, well, people want to just like speak into my life. Encourage you, encourage tell you how amazing you are. <laughs> And she did. Is that so? Like, I probably have the bait of vanity. I don't even know. That's hilarious. We're all like, wow. Okay. I know. Oh, (laughs) yeah, sure. But, and she did. I mean, she's such a beautiful person and just was encouraging and sharing what God was speaking to her life. And she got to this one point in the conversation when I, I don't know exactly how she phrased it, but how it went into my spirit was she literally looked at me and she just said, you know, how loyal will you be to Jason and Lori? How loyal will you be? And I was like, well, I I feel like I will definitely be loyal. And she's like, I want you to know that you will be the one that could betray them with such pain as you grow close. Be very careful. And I don't know if she said, you know, anyone could be a Judas. I don't remember how it came. But from that, I started meditating on it and started thinking about Judas and Peter But just circling back, it was such a profound moment for someone to have the courage to look at me stepping into ministry back again and knowing just you had now, we had never been in full-time ministry together up until that point because really we crossed, we were, you were in part-time, but not, we weren't really working full-time together when I left, um, when I stepped out of full-time ministry. Right, right. I was just coming in. I had just started to come in and you were on your way out. That's right. And so now coming back into full-time ministry, you are going to be my boss, technically. Like you are the, you're the campus pastor. Ooh, wow. (laughs) Right. Well, and and Jason, your husband, Pastor Jason is like, when I say boss, I mean, he, he is, but he oversees all of Life Center. And so she was just challenging that part of me to be like, am I willing to submit? Am I willing to lay down 
my rights, my way of doing things and support and to be loyal and to be a defender, really. And how the enemy wants to get there. And that will be a vulnerability that the enemy is going to look for a space. And it was probably in my life, one of the top five conversations I've had in how profound it was in frame, in a framework of how I step back into ministry. And even now, when we think about offense, you know, we all are subject to being offended, to thinking of ourselves better than we ought. It talks about that even in scripture, don't think of yourself better because we actually do whether it's even pride, whether it's like, well, I wouldn't have done it that way or how come that wasn't seen. Those seeds will be planted. We're, we're sinful. It will happen. Right. And I can't help but think about the story of Judas and Peter. And we talk about the student, the story, we think of Judas with such like sadness and also a little bit of like, I can't even believe Judas did that. Like, right. He how could he do how that? How could he betray Jesus? You I mean, even see in the movie, mm-hmm. he's always mm-hmm. a bit more of the seedier looking person, <laughs> like <laughs> a little bit like yeah, kind yeah, of on yeah. the outskirts, yeah. like kind of, you know, always kind of has that darker way. Where yeah. Like, like oh. as if Jesus chose a bad apple. Yeah. Like it's kind of like the villain of the story yeah. really. Yeah. And then we look at Peter and we almost diminish what Peter did because Peter goes on to just become he's an apostle. He builds the church. He yeah. builds the church. God uses them in such a profound way. The thing is, they both took the bait. Right. Judas took the bait of greed. Right. And Peter, I want to say it's probably the bait of fear. He right. denied Christ. Right, right. And denied that he knew him, knew him to save his own life. So you've got two baits. It doesn't matter what the bait is. It doesn't matter mm. what the enemy uses in our life. But the thing is, the difference is how they responded. Their heart postures were the same. They mm-hmm. allowed, sin was crouching at the door. Mm-hmm. They allowed sin to enter mm-hmm. in and to rob them in a moment and to actually betray in a moment someone they loved the dearest wow. and were the closest to. Wow. They took the bait. But the sadness is Judas was destroyed. He didn't come back with humility. He didn't right. come back with the grace. Right. He didn't come back and offer his brokenness to Christ. He would have received. He could have. Yeah. He, he could have. Could have. Like Peter. Peter came back and received the grace. And not only to see the grace, he stepped into a destiny that probably even from what the enemy meant for evil, God turned for good to create in him the awareness of how weak and how, where he was able to go in the dependency wow. on Christ and the spirit. And I think like there was no difference between Judas and Peter. And so I think the question for me always is, will I be a Judas or a Peter? Because those moments will happen. We will have the moments when bait will come. We will have the moments when in our heart, it starts in our heart yeah. that something starts to fester an offense, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Disappointment. So, exactly. Hurt. Yeah. And will I choose to move forward in the relationships and people I love as a Jew, allow the story of Judas to take place where I'm actually destroyed as far as not, maybe not my body, but my spirit and all that it'll over time, it will destroy everything good in my life. If I allow that to grow or will I be like Peter before the Lord and bring my brokenness and come humbly and be like, restore me, like restore me and keep me so I can be what you've called me to be and to love you the way you've called me to love. And so, yeah, I, I've just been thinking a lot about that through offense. And, you know, I love the scripture when Jesus says to Peter before, you know, that you're going to betray me. And Peter's like, no way. I never would do that. Right? He doesn't even see that there had already been things. It didn't just happen. Things had already been 
happening in his life. Right. Like he didn't have an awareness of his own weakness in that moment. Yeah. And Jesus says to him, I've prayed for you, Peter, because the enemy wants to sift you out, but I've prayed for you. And you think that's God's heart for us right now. He says to each of us, the enemy wants to, and will relentlessly and ruthless try to sift you out from your calling, but even from community, from unity, he will sit, try to sift you out. But I've prayed for you. And it says we have a high priest who is with us, who Making mediates with us. Yeah. Right now, Jesus yeah. is like, I, I, like you always say, I have full confidence in you. I believe in you. I'm praying for you. I am yeah. the accusers coming, but I believe in you. Yeah. But be aware, the enemy wants to sift you out. So, you know, those are the moments that we have to really take stock. And that's why we haven't been left as orphans. The Holy Spirit's with us because we can't see but he will lead us and show us. And we've got to be responsive in humility with urgency when things start to rise up to deal with our sin because the enemy wants to take us out and sift us out. He does. It reminds me that's, wow, that's quite powerful. Mm. <laughs> That'll preach. That's a word, Rhonda. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. a really good note, mm-hmm. but that's powerful. That's really powerful. And I actually just want to say, just for the record, <laughs> in that story, Jason and I are not Jesus in this <laughs> no. story. Oh, oh, no, no. We also, too, are Peter or Judas. And every day, daily, have to lay before the Lord our own weakness and our own, like where we can be sifted. What's that bait that Satan has for us that we could take every single day, you know, because all of us have that in our heart Mm -hmm. towards God. Uh, Every single one of us have that in our heart towards God because we are, our hearts are desperately wicked. Our hearts are for ourselves. And so we have to constantly lay down that weakness before the Lord. But the story, even that you're contrasting between Peter and Judas and kind of the response, it reminds me a little bit of the story of Cain and Abel. Hmm. And we unpacked this a little bit in the Sunday message as well. But um, I just love in the story of Cain and Abel where Abel brought, you know, he brought a sacrifice to the Lord that was pleasing to the Lord and acceptable to the Lord. And then Cain brought a sacrifice and it wasn't acceptable to the Lord. And, you know, that really, if you study the, the story, it's really about the heart posture. It's not, it wasn't about the actual what they brought. Mm. It was about the posture of the heart. And you can see all through the story, you see the character of Cain. It's showing itself all through the story. And that's what God rejected. He, he saw that his heart wasn't right. He did an external act. He did the right thing externally, but his heart was far from the Lord and it wasn't coming from the right place in his heart. And, um, in the story, like kind of the crux that I love, and you mentioned this scripture when you were sharing, but He says, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And it's like God is giving Cain a second chance right Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. Like you actually have a chance to right the wrong in your heart. You actually have a chance like Peter. And it is like what, what God gives us, Judas and Peter. If you do the right thing, I will accept you. I will bring you into the blessing that I have for you that I've already made and prepared for you. And so Peter in that story that you told, like Peter responded with repentance. I mean, we see in James, like, how do we, because it goes on to say, if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Hmm. How do we resist Hmm. sin? Mm -hmm. We have to submit to God. We resist the devil. We need to repent. James actually says, come with weeping, for over our wickedness. We actually have to be sorrowful for what we've done and how we have 
fallen from the grace of God, right? Mm -hmm. Like Peter Mm -hmm. did. And that's what he did. It said that he wept and wept when he realized what he had done and how he had betrayed his savior, that that was inside of him. He recognized it again, where Judas did the opposite. Well, Cain here in the same, in the same ways, getting a second chance, but I love how it says, so sin is crouching at the door. And it says in this translation, it's desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Hmm. Sin, this bait that we're talking about, this bait of offense, this bait that Satan has for us, it's contrary to who God has created us to be. Hmm. It, it doesn't mesh with who God has redeemed us to walk in and to be like, it's absolutely contrary to us, but you must rule over it. And the thing that's so interesting about it that, you know, as we were looking at this and studying it, the word desire, when it says it's desire is contrary to you at its root, it's the same meaning as the very beginning of the chapter where it says now Adam and Eve, now Adam knew Eve, his wife and conceived and bore a son. And it says, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord the word new, the intimacy, the oneness of being together is the same thing that sin desires to have with us. It actually Mm. desires to have oneness with us, to get right inside of us and to overtake every part of who we are. And that's what we were talking about before, right? The robbing, killing, ultimately the goal is destruction. It Mm. wants to completely overtake us, master us, but you must rule over it. I just, I just love that and think that is so powerful because of Jesus. We actually have the authority to rule Mm. over sin, Mm -hmm. right? But God tells us how to do that. He tell, he lays it out for us exactly how we are to do that. Submit to God, resist the devil, come in repentance before the Lord, lay our sin down, confess, repent, lay it out and be made new. That's our response to this bait that Mm. comes um, uh, constantly wants to master us, but we're supposed to rule over it. So powerful. Pretty powerful. It is so powerful. Pretty powerful. And even on a talk we've talked about before is like even choosing what sins we're kind of permissible with. And I'm just, as you're just even talking, you know, it's amazing. Like some sins were like, oh, wow. Yes, God, I repent of that. But all sin, all sin is contrary to the kingdom of God. Yeah. All, all of it. And some were just like, oh, it's not that bad. Or it's just, no, like we need to be in that place in our hearts where we literally take captive because it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. The big ones we see and we're like, whoa. Totally. Right? And we're like, oh, I'm taking that out. That's, I see what that is. It's the little things that we have to be so aware of because that's how the enemy comes. It's usually just this constant Mm -hmm. little ambush. And you know, it's not a fair game. Just because you're going through a really hard time doesn't mean he lets up. It's not like that. Yeah. It's not a fair game. Yeah. It's actually yeah. to totally take you out, like yeah. you said. So I think it's just a reminder to realize really how fragile we are. Yeah. But the cross is the strength and is the one thing that conquers all. And it's not in our own strength that we can boast, mm-hmm. but it's only by the power of the cross. It's yeah. not by our own striving. Grace. And grace. Exactly. It's not by us do- being better, doing better, doing everything on the outside. Repentance is not about what it looks like. What the outflow of repentance, that's what the outside looks like, but it starts from the inside. 
but it's not striving or trying to be. That's not what we're talking about legalism. We're talking about a true posture of heart of repentance and of humility and of walking in unity with the Holy Spirit and giving permission to say, Holy Spirit, please show me just when I feel that twinge and that often will happen to me, I'll feel this. You feel a little bit of like that little twinge in your heart. That's the only way I can describe it from the little things. I'll be like, oh, I think I, I, I just crossed some line there. Holy Spirit, I repent of that. And if I'm with someone, I'll be like, you know what? I shouldn't have said that. I just crossed a line. I'm really sorry. That was wrong for me to say. To be very quick, even with one another, to repent, but out loud right away. Deal with it. Don't just suff it and go home and be like, okay, sorry, God. Right away, if you've said something to someone or about somebody in front of somebody, just be quick to right away be like, when you feel that, just be like, okay, there's something there, God. You're, you need to go deeper with me. And, you know, there's, there's things in, and that's a process. There's still some things in my life, certain circumstances or relationships that, that flare up. And I realize, okay, God, this is another area of offense, or I need not to be so quickly offended. I need to surrender. It's pride. It's, I don't know what it is. So, you know, it's, it doesn't mean just because you've dealt with it, it's gone away. I know in my own life, I don't know if you've experienced that. There's certain things or certain baits that just trigger and I'm like really I still get sucked in by that so true. Uh, oh yeah for sure it's the truth yeah. it's like I it's like a shark with chum I I feel like it's chum for me and I it comes on like baby shark dun dun I'm not gonna start in that but it literally comes like great a chum. now you just put that in everyone's head thanks Arna sorry <laughs> but it really becomes this the chum I go for and I realize ah oh, again I fell prey yeah. and thank God for the grace that is available but I want to be able to recognize it I guess that's my heart is to say God I want to be more like you so I recognize it quicker and quicker but when I do fall that I run quicker and quicker to the cross and so. it's so true and I'm so glad you said that too because it isn't about perfection that's that's not mm -hmm. actually what mm -hmm. it's about in fact, Peter and his stories in the Bible to remind us, it's not about perfection. Judas and his stories in the Bible to remind us, it's not about perfection. Cain and his stories in the Bible to remind us, it's not about perfection. Sure, there is a contrast with Abel who is able to bring a right sacrifice, but there, but we are mostly Cain. Mm -hmm. Like yes. We're mostly Cain in the story, honestly, yeah. that our heart, again, it's, it's, the disconnect between our our true heart posture and our external actions we as followers of Christ even ones who are you know in our word and reading the bible and know the right thing to do we can get really good at doing the right thing externally That's or right. saying the right thing externally right. but when my heart is far from that right thing god doesn't receive it in the same way because he knows the motive and the intention of my heart Mm -hmm. And it's in that space, I think that we have to continually come before the Lord and just recognize that weakness. Like you're saying, say, God, like, oh, I, <laughs> my true heart wants to do this. My true heart wants to betray. My true heart wants to stab in the back. My true heart wants revenge. My true heart wants, you know, all of these things over the offenses that have come or that have happened or whatever the situation is. You know, I remember being in a situation, well, I mean, several, not, not just one, but I remember, you know, one in particular where, you know, I was, so, you know, somebody had hurt somebody that I love and I picked up an offense over that. And I remember, like, I remember actually praying and saying to God, 
I am justified here in my anger and they don't deserve my forgiveness. I mean, all of those things that we feel in that moment and they didn't deserve my forgiveness. I truly felt like I was 100% justified to be angry, to hold on to that offense. And sure enough, sure enough, it was definitely bait. And sure, the offense itself was very hurtful. I, what I needed was I needed Jesus to heal my heart. Mm. I didn't need to pick up an offense against that person. I, I thought that my anger towards them was somehow going to punish them for what they had done. It didn't. Mm-hmm. It, it actually didn't. Somehow in my own mind, I thought, oh yeah, this is how I'll get them. You know, yeah, that's yeah. how we think about it. It's and so it's true. so interesting. But actually, no, what I needed was I needed the healing balm of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I needed his blood to heal my broken heart, mm-hmm. not to pick up an offense. And all of a sudden I started to notice that this offense started, it's almost as though, like I imagine it had, um, like tentacles or something. And it started to weave its way into other relationships in my mm. life, relationships that I didn't have offenses in or problems. And all of a sudden I started to sort of create problems. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Create uh, like disappointments and unmet expectations. And all of a sudden, like now it wasn't just that one person or that one situation. Now it was in this situation too. And in this one, and how could that person do that? And how could they say those things? And so on. And so, and all of a sudden you realize, Oh my gosh, this doesn't actually just stay in one place. This thing has life and it just, and it does want to rule and dominate. If you imagined your heart, like a house, It's like it comes in, the offense comes into one room, but actually it wants to take over every single room of the house, right? Of your heart. And that's, that's how it works. And that's what the scripture is warning us. You must rule over this otherwise, because it wants to dominate you. Yeah. It absolutely wants to dominate you. But I love, I love, I love, and I feel like what's jumping out of the page in your story about Peter and in this story about Cain and Abel is the fact that God gives us a second chance, that mm-hmm. even when we fall, even when we betray, even when we uh, let God down, even when we give into the bait, mm-hmm. even when we do, God is continually saying, but you could do the right thing now. I still have a provision for you. I still have a way. Mm. I still have redemption for you. Like, it's like he's continually drawing us out of that place Mm. where this sin wants to master us and rule over us. And he's saying, no, you can rule over this. No, I've provided a way Mm. for you. I've provided a way of escape. I've provided a way out. Mm. And I just love that. That is so powerful. I just love that, right? We don't, we're not victims to this. We, it wants us to think we are, but we're not, we're actually not. Mm -hmm. We can rule over it. And God's provided a way for us to walk through. Wow. Like Peter. Well, I think you're just going to be restored too. So good. So good. That is so good. And I love, like, as we're talking about offense, I love to going back, even pulling, going back a full circle of Pastor Jason talking about boundaries too. That's an important part too, to mention, you know, because what God is doing in our life is really important. But sometimes with people that we're walking through some offense with or deep pain, and we all have different experiences with what has hurt 
we don't turn our backs on one another because we're always open to reconciliation. But sometimes our chairs have to be a little bit further apart. Right. We've got to take some distance. We've got to take some distance to allow God to do mm-hmm. a work. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like as we're talking, maybe some of you are listening and you're going through something really deeply painful. I just even want to cut off even what the enemy would tell you that you're not even good enough because you're not over it. Or why don't you, you know, you're still feeling these things. Why don't you just, you know, it take process is process. But the thing is we're not talking about is that we go from A to Z right away. We're talking about the process of coming to Christ with those things and allowing God to work from us from the inside out. And if someone has deeply hurt you, you know, you may need to definitely have some space, absolutely, and healthy boundaries. But that doesn't mean that you can't walk in a beautiful place of healing before the Lord, before the Lord. And that's kind of what we're going at, you know, and I, and we're also touching on just life, how quickly we can just get sidelined with just silly stuff that turns into crazy stuff or pain from our past that all of a sudden one situation breaks open, shows up again, shows up. And it's almost like that pop. I always think of that analogy when you shake a pop can, and that one last situation might have been when someone opened the can and it's like everything from years just comes all out in this one situation. And you're like, what in the world? It was like that last straw, that saying, like the last straw, like all of that. It's amazing what our heart harbors and what happens in our heart. And sometimes our reactions can be so over the top and we wonder why am I so upset It's things that our heart harbors. And it's really without going to Christ, we are the blind leading the blind. We need the Holy Spirit to show us that because sin is always crouching. The enemy is always trying to sift. Always, 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 and always trying to rob, kill, and destroy. Always. This is the game plan. Like this is the game plan. Every time. Every time. And we know it. The scripture tells us every story too. And we still fall to it even though we know we know yeah we still and so i just want to even just pull all of that kind of together to be like we're talking here not about having to walk in close relationship with people that have hurt us right away um sometimes for sure and maybe sometimes maybe sometimes not maybe sometimes not not. at all like depending on depending on the situation but that doesn't mean that our heart can't be right before the lord in it and towards them. That's right. Yeah. Because the hurt, what the enemy meant for evil, God yeah. always will turn for good for Presence. healing yeah. and restoration. And that's the blessing of being under the cross and what God can do. And so, I mean, this is a powerful, powerful one. And I, I just think it's every day when we wake up to realize, okay, I'm I'm being attacked every day, that this is the plan. But the beautiful thing is there's provision. There's provision. There's provision. Yeah. Okay, I have a really hilarious side note story. Please tell that you just reminded me of uh, when you ta- were talking about shaking the the, the, yeah. the soda can. So you know how I make homemade kombucha. Yeah. Well, there's this thing called a booch bomb, where your kombucha <laughs> gets too fizzy. Oh, oh. And like, I guess it can completely explode. Okay, what's it called again? A booch bomb. A booch bomb. <laughs> okay. That's it's a awesome real thing. Name. I have read about it, and I've always okay. been like. Oh my gosh, I hope this never happens. Okay. Well, the other day we're, I was sitting in the kitchen <laughs> and three of my four kids are right there in the kitchen and I go to open my next bottle of kombucha and as I open it, the uh, I guess it there was too much carbonation inside the bottle and 
like when I say it exploded, like it beyond exploded to the point where, of course, like my instinct was to put the lid back down so it no. could stop spraying everywhere. But of course, the powerful force was too much. So, you know, when you put your thumb in a hose and it yeah. sends the spray everywhere, I literally showered my children <laughs> and my entire kitchen with kombucha oh my goodness that's awesome it was so funny so it is true if you keep shaking that bottle man you keep shaking that bottle and then my daughter says after she goes i wonder if it exploded because i picked it up yesterday and i was shaking the bottle like saying what's inside this what is this and she kept shaking the bottle i don't know that's why anyways i was we were dying laughing like i was like booch bomb i'm <laughs> screaming and oh my gosh it was so funny that is hilarious that crazy that's crazy okay next you know what's funny though is even like when we see a fence it can sometimes be like blow a up it's so it's true. a booch bomb it's okay a booch it's bomb. a booch it's, bomb it blows up right it blows up and something that could have been you think this festers festers yeah festers festers and then an explosion becomes a booch bomb and it sprays on everybody <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness okay that we're using that so that's funny. it i'm gonna be like that's it's an a analogy booch. it's a booch bomb it's a booch bomb is that not funny okay that's that's booch actually bomb. a funny actually, way to end this conversation that, that, that happened okay i have one more okay. story that i thought of while you were talking and i don't know if you're gonna remember this i'm just like dropping this on you but okay years Uh-oh. and years ago like we were young like we were in our 20s you probably just moved like maybe you just got married okay it's like 20 years ago okay, okay. i remember i was just having this memory of this conversation you have a terrible memory so you probably don't even remember okay yeah it's you probably true. blocked it out probably but <laughs> we were <laughs> on our way somewhere on a trip like maybe okay. Trump or something <laughs> okay. like that or we rented a cottage or something and you and i were in the car together yeah. driving and i remember saying to you I've been carrying an offense towards you for some time. And I had this picture. The Lord gave me a picture of how the offense was like an arrow and that it like the offense itself was the point, like the point of impact, but that the arrow, the offense was actually dividing us further and further apart the way that an arrow starts, you know, at a point, but then it gets wider and wider and wider from the two, the triangle, right? And I felt like this offense was causing distance in our relationship because I guess I had let that offense and I think it had something to do if I remember if I remember correctly remember in the early years you and I used to be a little well maybe not you and I maybe it was just me but I remember I used to be a little bit jealous about you you and like your anointing and singing and like your when leadership we were young? when we were young do you remember God, you not, don't remember any of it. Really. <laughs> She's Lori, like sitting I here love like, you I so much. Remember. I am sorry. There must anyone <laughs> who was like say sorry. No, but there must me. be some psychological like I heard this talk, you know, if you're there's a vanity side that if you only remember things that affected you, like you personally were yeah, involved with. Yeah. Lori, it's, I don't know why my memory is so bad. How do I not remember this? <laughs> Anyways, oh. I remember, you know, even just talking about how an offense is very much like an arrow because it does seek to divide. Yeah, right. It does. Like it does. So it comes in at the point. But then the further we let the, the, the offense uh, sink into our heart, it does actually just bring people. It divides and divides and divides and divides and divides. And just I just remember having that picture and. 
like repenting to you and just apologizing to you for allowing that. And, you know, and you and I, you know, just having a, a real, a really heart to heart conversation about that. But I, you know, we haven't had that many no. crazy, like, relational issues over the years but I do remember that one in the early years just being a little bit jealous of you know just how God was using your life and the anointing on your life and I think you know having a growing desire for God to use my life but not really being sure what that was going to look like and just having to work through that but but confessing it Mm -hmm. confronting it being Mm -hmm. honest about it recognizing the sin in my heart recognizing my own jealousy my own comparison Mm -hmm. you know and having to lay all that before the lord and be honest about that and you know that's all part of the healing yeah you know and look at what god has done like he has used our lives over many years in just such beautiful beautiful ways beautiful ways you know sometimes you know those are the tests too yeah. That begin to set you up to continue to recognize your own weakness mm-hmm. and to continue to kind of establish, no, I see the bait. Yes. And yes, I can take the bait sometimes, but I'm not going to let this, I'm not going to let this rule me. Right. Mm. And I remember a situation too, um, that you had shared about early in ministry as well, where somebody, a leader mm-hmm. actually pulled mm-hmm. you aside mm-hmm. and how you responded. But again, I think part of that is you establishing even just in the spiritual realm no i may take the bait but no i'm going to recognize that and i'm going to choose a different path and it sort of sets you up Mm -hmm. to walk this out Mm -hmm. um, victoriously Mm -hmm. in christ right Mm -hmm. so i don't know if you want to share that story and yeah that's a really good story and i love that you shared that story i'm so sorry i don't remember it It obviously was like God just released right away. And I released, we just moved on. So I don't even know. I'm like, gosh, I wish I remembered. I'm so glad you remember so many things. I do, yeah. Because you just keep me up to date with what I I don't remember. (laughs) So thank you for that. Anyways. Oh, maybe I was a bit more self-consumed back there. Maybe that's what God was dealing with me. That's why. He was like, Rhonda, deal with your, deal with all your think about yourself. Just back then? Oh, yeah. Just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, probably not. Talk to Jay. Be like, no. Oh, she's still yeah, working yeah, on yeah, that. Oh my gosh, I'm joking. But no, that's hilarious. Cause yeah, I don't know. My memory is very funny. I don't know what it is. But anyways, I'll just say that is so powerful because even r- right before I share the story about that leader in my own life, think about had you allowed the offense to just continually grow, not even about me, it would have been other things. There is a destiny that God had for you. And we think that, you know, we want to walk in the destiny of God, but actually walking in the destiny of God starts in every single moment that we take captive because we choose a path. We choose a path. So offense will lead us down a path and God's grace and humility will lead us down a path. And who knows where you'd be today? Who knows where I'd be? And every moment, every day, my path, I literally, I'm one step away. I think we don't realize how quickly our paths can turn. If you would just say, you talk to someone from one year to the next one decision, it takes one decision at a time that just pivots that little bit of behavior, different way of thinking. And so I look at you today and how God is using now you and Jay to fully co-lead Life Center. Amazing. In that car, you never saw now. No, exactly. But you were willing to take the, the step to say, okay, God, I want to walk in humility. And that's where it starts. It doesn't start when all of a sudden you're in this position 
it actually, God is protecting you to be able to walk in certain positions because it gets harder and harder. The enemy works harder to sift. And these are the testing grounds. How willing are we to kind of submit in those moments to Christ? Anyways, I just I was think, thinking. I, and, and you know what? I on Just on that note, even in that particular situation, let's mm-hmm. just say, mm-hmm. just for the sake of the story, I don't yep. think this was the case, but let's yep. just say you were in the wrong. Like, let's say you were... Uh, whatever, like uh, I was sensing something or, and you were in the wrong, it, it doesn't matter yeah. my response to that situation. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. let's say you were sort of lording or, or sort of, uh, no, yeah. but you weren't. Yeah, totally. That wasn't the case at no, all. I'm not what if that. I was? But yeah. even if you were being yeah. prideful or being da, 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 or like, you know, acting superior or like any of those things that sometimes we think justifies us to hold on to the offense that actually is not even relevant Mm -hmm. when we're dealing with the state of our heart because the enemy wants to overtake us it doesn't matter it's not about that other person and the right or wrongness of that other person in that particular moment we have to bring our own like the the um the honest place of our heart before the lord the weakness of our own heart before the lord because again we have to remember the enemy's trying to overtake us God's going to deal with that other person if that other person's in the wrong, but it's not relevant when it comes to how the enemy wants to use that offense against us. And that's where our eyes need to be open to recognize that, Mm. right? Because I think sometimes we get caught, like the other story I was telling, when somebody wronged me or wronged someone I loved, I felt justified to be angry and to hold on to the offense it's not relevant. It's no, actually it's so not true. relevant how it's wrong so true. they are. God has to deal with that and deal with them. We're responsible for the state of our own heart. And so I do agree with you that it is so important because every decision, it decides the direction mm-hmm. of our path mm-hmm. where the next step we're going to take is going to lead us. Mm-hmm. And so again, regardless of you know, what's happened or even the wrong spirit it's happened towards us in. Again, your situation wasn't that. It was me. It was absolutely my own heart. But do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. It's not the point. The point is, yeah, the bait is for us. Yeah, <laughs> The bait is. is for me. That bait was for me. Yeah. And I, I established something in that moment by saying like, no, I'm not going to live that way. And, and actually, thank you, Jesus, in that situation, like I haven't really overly struggled with jealousy Mm -hmm. since that Mm -hmm. time. I really Mm -hmm. haven't. Like I was able to draw a line in the sand just to say, no, this is not how I'm going to walk out what Mm -hmm. God's going to do. And I just had to trust him. Like I had to trust him with my future and with, and he was more than faithful, Mm -hmm. more than faithful. Um, but it's uh yeah like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what's happening on the other side to justify Mm -hmm. you know what we're festering in that's right satan doesn't care no it's not fair game no it's there's no rules there so anyways you're gonna tell the story good yeah but i remember this was early in ministry and you were uh, young i was young like i I don't even think i had children at the time like jay and i might have just been married and we had had a real renewal at the church we called it 40 days of blaze but real renewal and just like God's timing, it lifted, it came mm-hmm. and it lifted mm-hmm. and it became then the walk of faith, but God mm-hmm. did something, but there was this longing to stay in that. Right. Right. And there was that, that season where it was really difficult. And at that time, your Jason was starting to transfer much more into lead. 
Okay, yeah. Right, and it right. was a little bit during that time, yes. and it was just becoming a bit challenging for those that wanted to stay. And I remember there was quite, there was some division, mm-hmm. feeling like the Spirit of God had left. I remember some of those things were being thrown around, like we're no longer a Holy Spirit-filled church the same. And, you know, so it was a bit of that struggle to let go and to kind of move with grace into a new season with a lot of, you know, bumps as we grew through yeah. like letting go. It's hard to let go of those kind of fun seasons. Anyway, all that to say, I remember a leader pulled me, a couple asked me to come see them and I had a great relationship with them. So I went alone. Jay wasn't with me. I don't believe Jay was with me. And um, when I went to their house, I once again, I thought it was going to be like, you know, encouragement. <laughs> okay. I love you. You're okay. so funny. So I'm like, I'm showing up like thinking this is going to be awesome. You know, I'm really excited. And actually turned out to be a little bit of, we really want you to know, um, we believe like where you are, this church is heading in the wrong direction and there's a call in your life and you need to like move out of that to follow anointing. Like it was to that, that degree. You need to get out. You need to get out. Like we, and all, really telling me all the things they felt was wrong and really where they felt the Holy Spirit had left, that the gifts of the Holy Spirit weren't welcome. The spirit was being grieved. And I remember I was really young and this was an older couple, like someone I really respected. And I was, uh, at first I was really intimidated. Like I was like, what do I say? Like how I knew it was wrong. And I'm sitting there listening and something just came over me. Like I, I, I knew it was wrong, but I just didn't know how to address it. And I right there said, this is wrong. I don't agree with any of this. And I am not going to be a part of this conversation because it really was a, a in essence, about the leadership. Yeah, and I remember you you talked about seeds. Like you just said, I'm not, I'm not taking these seeds. Like this is seed of discord, a seed you're of offense. Seed you're of sowing seeds into discord. my life of wow. discord and I'm not going to receive this. This is not, and I, I, I said, I'm going to leave and I, I'm not going to take this conversation with me because it's a no. I'm not leaving and this is where I'm meant to be. And I remember shaking, like being so upset. I remember telling Jay, like, I couldn't even believe it. I felt, and it was almost like the vulnerability too. Like I I felt it was a perfect storm. Like I was by myself with someone I really respected, a couple I really respected. And these words were just shocking. Like I was actually shocked at how outright assaulting they were. And it was like, they kind of had me off to the side. And um, I'm just so grateful that in that moment, the Holy Spirit I, I was like early 20s kind of gave me the boldness to stand up and say no and I never really had a relationship with them again really I've they kind of left after that the church and it really was something that I really I or I realized very early on how quickly seeds of discord can happen and then it just brings me right back to Gloria when she talked to me about you know there's going to become division. And right there, it was like, I could sense there was a destiny that the enemy was trying to rob. I've really, Jason and I felt really a heart for Life Center from, right from the beginning. We've been here. Jay's been here since he was eight, my husband, Jay. And I've been here since I was 21, you know, and it's just been our heart has grown here. And so we just got to really be wise and to really stand up when you feel it. There may be moments when someone you deeply respect start saying something and you're really uncomfortable, follow that, follow that and have the boldness to say, you know what? I'm not comfortable with this conversation. I don't feel that way. And I feel like we should stop. It can be really intimidated. And I've been there where I've had men, this was a mentor in my life and, um, I've had to stand up. And so that was one of the top five. That would be another one of those moments, those conversations that I've seen the opposite of even watching. It was almost like I watched someone and I 
they were a different person talking to me. I literally saw the spirit of like offense and division and such anger of like, they felt justified that they were taking a righteous stand. And I was like, this is wrong. Like, but that's how quick any of us are subject to anything. Um, so it's very like, I, I can almost see like in that story, right? Again, you're talking about the path that story determined the direction of your life, where your life was going to go from that point on, but it also did for them. Yeah. It determined a direction. And so it's very, very fascinating. Um, You know, the scriptures say that the power of life and death is in the tongue. Yeah. Right. And so you're you're talking about even seeds of discord are what we say matters. Yes. Like what comes out of our mouth and what we speak out, it matters. And they are seeds. Yeah. And we have to, like, we have to recognize the power of our tongue, the power in our words and the kind of seeds that we're sowing in our words, because we're going to reap a harvest out of what comes out of our mouth. And so it is just a really great self-reflective question to Mm -hmm. ask ourselves, you know, and especially in light of offense, what kind of words are coming out of our mouth towards those people who were offended by? Um, And because we're sowing seeds mm. again <laughs> that we're going to reap a harvest of. Do we want that harvest? Because it says we're going to eat the fruit of it. Do we want? Do we want to eat that fruit? Do we want to eat the fruit of bitterness? Whoa. Do we want to eat the fruit of unforgiveness? Do we want to eat the fruit of gossip? Do we want to eat the fruit of? So it's like, yeah, that's that's a good question for all of us just to yeah, ponder today. Yeah, yeah, to think about. I know I need to. Like, I know I need to. I and do too. I I need more of Jesus. I do. I need to be more like Jesus because in every single moment, I don't always trust it. And uh, there are moments I want to fall into self-justification. And, yeah. you know, I I feel yeah. like I need to pull someone to my side. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I have to constantly and continually lay that down before the Lord. Mm. So good. Yeah. Well, today that was a great conversation. That was. Yeah. There's a lot in there. And I'm going to be, I, my takeaway too is a booch bomb. I, I, <laughs> watch out for the booch bombs. Watch bomb. out for the booch bombs. We can all make booch bombs. Oh so my goodness. <laughs> let's hey, deal with our stuff. It's so true. The spray hits everyone. It literally <laughs> hit everyone. That's so funny. Anyway, well, thanks awesome. for a great conversation. Yeah, and thanks everyone so for joining us today and listening. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Well, remember God has complete confidence in you. I love how it Rhonda said today. He's praying for you. He sees you. Yes, the enemy wants to sift you, but he is praying for you today and has confidence in you. Yeah, and you are crowned as a daughter of the king. So have a wonderful day. We hope you enjoyed the podcast today. It would mean the world to us if you would subscribe and leave a review. You can follow us on Instagram at Awakening Moments Podcast, and you will find Lori and I at Lori Eitz Boucher and Rhonda.Corto. We'd love to connect with you.